All right, the light is on and we are off the bench coming to you in the gloomy shadows of Rogers Place, mm. capital region of Alberta, <laughs> beautiful city of Edmonton. Very. Very, very. Even even when it is rainy and gloomy as it is today on, uh, what is it, July 24th? Yep. Monday? Yeah. Get little change up, recording on a Monday, usually it's a Tuesday. Anyway, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. I am your host, Nick Good. As always, joined to my right by... Adam, hello folks. And... Neil. On his phone. Oh yeah. Hopefully looking up stats. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, getting, hopefully getting ready to just just bring it. Bring the knowledge. Okay, here we go. All Drop right, it. yeah. So yeah, a little bit of a change up. We had to change up our schedule this week. Recording on a Monday. Uh, What's Adam doing? Well, I have a meeting tomorrow, oh, so me I had to... A meeting. Real life gets in the way yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Just a vague... Meeting. It's just a oh. meeting. Yeah, that's okay. So, hey, so they don't. They don't want to know. Hey, do you? Don't want to get, uh, get too personal here, you know. So we're in the dog days of <laughs> sports. As we've been saying. calling the dog days since May. <laughs> it's not the dog days, since, baby. It's exciting yeah, stuff. Yeah. Let me tell you. Since, I'm amped. Like, don't even get me started. This is. I love this stuff. Since so. the playoffs ended, we've been talking about the dog days, and yet we have a lot to talk about. We um, do. We're going to open up the show very differently this week. We're going to talk a little golf. Yes. We're going to talk the Open Championship. Uh, oldest championship in sports. Oldest, older than the Wimbledon? Possibly. I believe so. Ooh. 1867, I want to say. Wimbledon started in God. 1870s. 1870s? Yeah. Oh, okay. The tournament's as old as our country. What about the Great Cup? <laughs> the Great Cup is real old, but it's not. Is it 1900s, I think. Is yeah. it 100? It's way past 100. No, no, I think it's just close to 100. No, we no. just passed 100. Do we? We just passed 100 a couple years ago. Oh, oh yeah, yo, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're totally right. So yeah. that means it's not. Let me confirm what date, yeah. but okay. I believe, yeah. So anyway, yeah, we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to start off with a little talk about the Open Championship. Jordan Spieth wins the Open. Third career major. Third career major. Third different one. At the tender age of 24. 24. Tw 23, I think he is. 24. Oh, is he 24? 24, yeah. Mm -hmm. So he, yeah, so he joins an, uh, an illustrious club. Yes. Uh, so I'm just going to run it down quick here, and then Neil, you can, you can take it. So we're looking at, when you look at Grand Slam winners, he's not there yet. No. It's a, it's a very small group. Five players. Gene Sarazen, Ben Hogan, Gary Player, Jack Nicholas, Tiger Woods. Yes. Tiger Woods, Jack Nicholas, the only players to what out of that group? Win them each twice. Three times. Three times. Three times they've won. There you go. I knew it was multiples. It had yes. to be, yeah. Three. Um, that's, but that's the max. Like Most U.S. Opens is only four. Yeah. No one's actually ever won mm. five. I know there's some guys that have like Tom Watson has like five opens. Uh, so, like yeah, that. Ben Hogan won five, four U.S. Opens. Yes, ben Hogan won and four. so did so did Nicholas, I believe. Man, I think Nicholas did too. Yeah. Tiger only has three. That's the least only Tiger. three. Yeah. Tiger's lowest one is the U.S. Well, he, what does he have most of? Masters. I think it's Masters. I think yeah. So is yeah, it? it's so like then, I want to yeah. say it's like four, four. Five, three? Anyway, whatever. Yeah. Like that. And then, oh, yeah. and then, so the group that Spieth joins, active players with with three majors. Okay. Ooh. But, oh, okay. But is this is this what we're talking about? Or is this is the same stat we're talking about. Well, let me let me go first, then I'll let you go. Okay. Kay. So active. active active players Can with I three guess? majors. Can I guess? Sure. Who it is? There's only two others other than Spieth. Phil Mickelson. Yep. And Rory McIlroy. Yes. Okay. So Mickelson needs the U.S. Open. He's yes. never won, like you said earlier. Six runner-ups. Yep. Most all time. McElroy needs the Masters. Yes. And Spieth needs the PGA, which PGA. is coming up. Yes. So, so he, he has, has a chance. chance to do it this year. Yes. Um, and then the other players with three, Tom Watson, Arnold Palmer, Sam Snead, Lee Trevino, 
Brian Nelson, Raymond Floyd. I don't know three of those guys. Yeah. Um, but anyway. You don't know Lee Trevino? No. And then the, oh, list wow. with, the list with only U.S. Opens, Opens, and Masters is even is, is like the who's who. Because the PGA was like introduced last. Yeah, yeah. So these are like the, the only ones. Yeah. Too, yeah. So Sarazen, Hogan, Palmer, Player, Nicholas, Watson, Woods. That is like literally the – if you ask anybody in golf who watches golf, like who's the greatest golfer of all time, someone might say any one of those single players – so speed. Well, they'd be wrong race. if they were, if they were other than Nicholas or Woods. They'd no, be wrong. but no, so but like Hogan is considered like maybe the best. Tom Watson, like oh, oh, Arnold Palmer. Tom Watson Arnold Jack Palmer Nicholas. has a drink name after him for Christ's sake. So yeah, Palmer is a guy you could you could, you could put yes, up there just because could. of his. Believe me, like anybody, any one of these guys, Ben Hogan, people like credit like. Mm. Was the first one to don't, own his don't golf get swing. Me wrong. People mirror their golf swings because Ben Hogan created a whole mm-hmm. new swing. No, so and that's. Like, but I still think like if you're saying anyone's better than Nicholas or Woods, <laughs> you're being willfully yes. ignorant. Of but like what good overall, golf is. it's an unbelievable list. He joins by winning that that uh, title. So I'm obviously biased because uh, the listeners may not know this, but my my namesake is taken from Jack Nicholas. Okay, my yes. first I, my spelling is taken from. There Jack you go. Named after. Hey. So my dad is obviously. You also know who my dad favorites. <laughs> and yes. that's hey, but he'd still. Be Right, but as long so, as you're saying Nicholas or Woods, you're right. So yeah, I wonder if if, uh, if I was born like 15 years later, if I made Tiger, oh, yeah, El- yeah, Tiger Good. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. Tiger Good sounds like a terrible yeah. name yes. to me. Eldrick Good. So impre- does, impressive so. stuff, though. I mean, 23 craziness. Uh, golf's so hard to win. You got to put four rounds together. I think that's one thing that's underrated about golf. You can do one good round, like uh, uh, Brendan Grace set the record, major record, 62. It's only eight under at the open, but sixty-two regardless is an insane score. It's the lowest score ever at a major. You didn't win, so it goes to show yeah. you have to put four together. It doesn't matter. So consistency in golf is the hardest mm-hmm. thing. So that's why a lot. That's why there is a lot of parity. Guys don't really dominate. That's why people clamor for that because it really shows you how good of a golfer you are. Yeah. So yeah, just how dominant it is. It's tough. It's like it doesn't get a ton of credit as being like a very athletic sport, but you got to be mentally so strong in golf that Absolutely. I think that is really underrated. Well, we've seen both sides of Spieth because yes. you saw what he did this weekend. <laughs> yeah. You know, in the uh, same round, completely collapsed. Well, that, but I was gonna say compared to his Masters, yes, where he totally blew up. Blew up right? exactly. So and he almost did it again, and then yeah. had a stretch where he was five under on the last five holes. Like that's how you close it out. Mm-hmm. Like. Birdie eagle, birdie birdie par. It's like, impressive too, considering yeah. you know what he had done, as you just mentioned, where he blew up and and blew it, and this time he recovered from that. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably you know a youth yeah. kind of thing. I mean, he's mm-hmm. young still. Possibly, yeah. Possibly, though there are plenty of old guys who blow up all the time. Yep. So it's hard to. Oh, say. you want to see some funny moments about like blowing up? You definitely look at golf highlights on yeah. YouTube. And well, there's you can, like somewhere. Like, the guy is up by, like, five strokes, and he loses it on the last hole. He lost all those strokes and loses the Open. Well, Sergio Garcia earlier, you know, not even a week ago, smacked the bush and just yeah. about blew his shoulder because he had a bad shot. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. God, that guy's kind of – he's too much of a punchline for how yeah. good he actually so, is. So, yeah, like, Spieth's obviously, like, the, the murmurs are starting to come now because, like, it happened a little bit with McElroy too because he's got three out of four – you know, are they going to join this list of like sort of, and are they, are they going to be able to get those multiples that like, I think really Mickelson kind of missed out on. Like he's, he is a phenomenal golfer. Like Mickelson was absolutely incredible, but only five majors, you know, for a guy that talented, people always said he should have had double digits, should have had 10. Tiger obviously stopped that a little I was bit. just going to say he was really But like he wasn't competitive enough with Tiger. Like people always wanted to shoot out with him and they didn't really have too yeah. many of those. He beat Tiger one year at the Masters in that sort of format where it was one-on-one a little bit. They're both in the last group. Yeah, sort of like we're. 
Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> Who? Sorry, I'm not, yeah. I'm not familiar with that but, name. Um, I'm not familiar so with that. Green jacket is going north of the border. <laughs> so Great the, call by Jim Nance. Yeah. <laughs> so the murmurs have started a little bit. But well, that was going to be my next question. And I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tread lightly with this, w- the way I say this. Okay. Can Spieth fill the tiger-sized hole in golf? Not in the sense that will he ever dominate like Tiger yes. did. But can he be that superstar mm-hmm. that golf can build around now? Yeah, like can he? Because like I don't think I think we can always just put to rest that nobody will be tied. Of course or, not. Yeah, it's just a timing thing and everything. But can there be like a do- almost a dominant golfer or like a guy that is consistently there? Every or just weekend? a rock star? Uh, yeah, you know a guy that like who you're right. That's a good way. To a guy it. that's always a, in the always in the hunt. Right. Yeah. If you're a fan of McElroy. It, it well, almost, Roy's but he's of, dropped off. Right? I know, but I'm saying like that was the thing with him a couple years ago. Yes, you know, again, said young yeah. guy. It was there was a lot of potential yes. there, and, and but it, Spieth has more. In fairness, Spieth has more wins than McIlroy yeah. ever did oh, at yeah. this age. Spieth's one of the only guys to have 11 wins already yeah. at 24. He's got Tiger and Nicholas. He joins the list again. It's just always the same people on these lists. McIlroy gets a bad rap a little bit though because he still finished top five in the yes, Open. Yes, he did. He yeah. won Player of the Year last year. Yeah. So even though he hasn't been getting those, those like majors, those yeah. big wins, he's yeah. still a consistent. He's still in the mix. Yeah, he's still in the mix. Like there's always the top five are always sometimes there or whatever. But yeah. For my question, again, can he feel it? No, no. no, you don't think so. No, no. I don't think so. Spieth's no. a different. No, he's kind of a nerd. It, the, yeah, the he's like a soft-spoken yeah. Texan. You, you need a marketable guy, and yeah. and Tiger was marketable in not who he was, just how good he was. Yeah. McIlroy is a little bit marketable. Although Spieth is not. He's yeah. not. Although really. the video of Spieth chugging out of the Claret jug was amazing. Yeah, so. no. Chugging listen, wine out of the jug is pretty sweet. Again. Like, that's the stuff that'll n- really... Now and then. No, but like that's the stuff that'll make you like more personal. Yeah, to but, people, but though, that's right? not what Tag Warrior's looking for. No, but like sometimes people... Like, you know, they, they look at like Spieth and just go, oh, he's kind of boring, whatever. Then kind of showing things like that. He's got personality and he does. You know, sometimes he's a little, you know... It's the biggest issue with hockey. Yes. And that they're all boring. That they yeah, all, they're all robots. It is, yeah. Because when you when you compare it to leagues like obviously the NBA is like head and shoulders above every other. Yeah, league. and then the yeah. NFL and they the, get fined if they even just like sniff. But the, so, it, but still you sneeze. still but you yeah. still have the Odell Beckham's, the Richard You do, yeah, a little bit. They have to market themselves well. But the, only, the closest thing you have in the NHL is PK Subban. Closest and they, thing, and, and they he gets tried to and shut he down. Gets crucified. Yeah, and for maybe it. Ovechkin. Yeah. Who also oh, gets crucified yeah. in, in some ways, yeah. yeah. Less so now because he's really yeah. toned it down, yeah. seemingly. Yeah. Whereas Subban, I mean, I, don't even get me started on that. The guy, you know, he donates $10 million to a children's hospital and they still throw that guy into the bus and talk about character issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you know, $10 million to a children's hospital, I think that says a little bit about your character more than celebrating on the ice and dancing with mm-hmm. Carey Price. Sure. But yeah. just my opinion. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I, I back to your sort, yeah, of back original, to, yeah, sort yeah. of original point. No, but like he can definitely, he definitely has the skill to be there every weekend. So I think in some way he'll feel part of it. I don't think anyone will be able to feel it fully. And that kind of, so that kind of leads into my next question. Does it even matter? Does it matter because does, no. does golf need a Tiger Woods? No, because like, they'll never get it again. Yeah, I think golf golf really saw a spike in popularity, obviously, uh, with Tiger. Uh, it'll never get that back, and I, I think the quicker they accept that, the quicker they can move on and and just keep their hardcore golf fans and people that love golf will continue to watch golf. And yeah, it might be a little bit harder for them to get those casual fans. It's always going to be hard. It's always been hard for them to draw them anyway. Tiger definitely helped that because. There was always a little, an electricity around 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 like a, a major yep. and stuff because Tiger was chasing down history, right? He was chasing down Nicholas, and it was happening, right? He was actually getting close, and then 
You know, and they were like, man, he's at 12, he's at 13, he's at 14, like he's going to catch him, right? So there was always that sort of like buzz around golf, but you know, that maybe if speed can get there, maybe that's how you get the buzz back again, maybe. right? Right. All of a sudden you're like, you're close to Nicholas's total. Maybe you're at 11 by the time he's 32, right? In eight years, you know, he wins another eight or something. All of a sudden you're at 11. Like, you, you know, that's how you get the buzz back. All of a sudden you can get close to like records. Cause that's when something like golf with a stat like that, that's just individual, like that's how you're going to bring the attention to it. It's like, can you get close to this guy who did it all well, these years ago? Okay. How about this? <clears throat> I'm just thinking about this. What's more compelling now? Because the thing that made Tiger compelling is he was obliterating everybody. Yes. He it was, was sort of the same people. thing like we talked about Federer last week. <clears throat> yeah. Just Federer was compelling when he was destroying everybody. Destroying everybody. And you know, that, he, they did it at the same time, ironically. Number one yeah. for four years, whatever it yeah. was you said. Tiger right? didn't lose his ranking for, yeah. And Vijay Singh broke it up. Yeah. Actually, yeah, weirdly enough, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Um, now he's swinging on the seniors tour. Yeah, but he's a good player in his own right. The champions. The champions tour, that's right. But so anyway... That was what made Tiger compelling. Rather than try to look for the next guy, like whether it be McElroy or Spieth or Dustin Johnson, whoever, who kind of takes the tour by the throat, wouldn't it be kind of more interesting to see like Spieth and McElroy or Spieth and Dustin Day or Johnson whatever, or whatever yeah. and they're kind of going back and forth. Like yes. a, real, a real rivalry, which you said Tiger never, never had. really had. Mickelson was close, close but was, wasn't good enough. Yeah. Wouldn't it be a little bit more compelling where it's like one of these guys is going to win? Yeah. Let's see who gets to yeah. 10 I first. Think and maybe that's though, what... There's that's, parody. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's a lot of people. But I think maybe Nick, that, yeah. that more fills the void. It's not one person. I think it, so too. It's that yeah. maybe... Yeah, competitive. But maybe, competitive, like, yeah. there, maybe there's parody, but maybe it's the same three guys yeah. winning it. Yeah. So if you kind of get that, guys get that like mix of like, yes. man, one year he's winning the Masters, one year he's winning the US Open. Because like... You get that balance maybe all of a sudden where guys, maybe you get three, four guys with eight, nine majors, but the only reason they only have eight or nine is they all kept beating each other. Exactly. Maybe that's sort of better. That, that I, would be much better, yes. obviously. And that's what they talk yeah. about to getting back. But they're Ten close, right? To like, go back to the tennis thing where they say Federer, even though he has all these wins, and you compare it to guys like Sampras and Bjorn yeah. and whoever, what they talk about at that era, Bjorn and... Uh, uh, Borg and McEnroe, McEnroe. and uh, Connors. They won. They only have they so won. many. But they're fighting each other. Fighting each other. Yeah. Borg never won the US Open because Connors and McEnroe beat him every single time. Yeah, exactly. McEnroe and Connors beat him every single time. He's in five US Open finals and he lost all of them. But because and, he couldn't get... And, then, and so right? part of me, I think, when we look at history, we go... I, for whatever reason, when it comes to sports history, we're always compelled by the domination. Like, yeah. The Canadians are considered the best team in hockey because they they've dominated. won five in a row. cups or whatever yeah, it was. Five right? in a row in the seventies, and they won yeah. lost one game at home. Like, and you then know? we look at the Patriots now, and the Patriots have yeah. just like they're a dynasty in a time when you're not supposed to have them. Yeah, they kill people too. Like during the regular season, they obliterate teams. But sometimes is that really exciting to watch? Mm -hmm. Or was this Super Bowl not the most exciting Super Bowl for the Patriots because of the way it happened? Yeah. Right. Like I. Well, it was. The most exciting because it was historic. I mean, it was yeah. such a ridiculous come yeah. from behind victory. And so that's what I mean. But what would it would it have been as historic if they would have just blown well, the Falcons out see, of the arena? See, the fact arena? is, it would have still been historic in the way that they won another one and Brady yeah. won another one. But their comeback but in of itself was historic. Well, obviously this was. Yeah. But yeah. the the problem is the you don't. Like, yeah. It's compelling because you don't have it often. Mm -hmm. If there if there were a rival that were on the same level as the Patriots all the time yeah. for the whole time that they've been at this mm -hmm. level. Oh, after a while, you'd say, okay, yeah. like we're, we're kind of over it. Just like people are talking about if the Cavaliers and... And that's exactly you know, what I was going to say. Is even though the NBA is a two-team league, it's still compelling because 
the Warriors and the Cavs are, even though the yes. Warriors are better, the, LeBron does give you that idea in your head, like, Maybe, maybe, maybe they could do but it. But we say it's so exciting now, but imagine yeah. if this were to go on for the next better part of a decade. Well, yeah. it doesn't have and to I think that's where it comes in. It doesn't yeah. have to be the same two, but I just I just mean the the idea that there's always... You need an equal. You need a partner. I think so. You need two to tango. You need that dance partner. I, I, I agree. And golf could use that, I think, back to that sort of yes. looping back. I think that would be more compelling. You know, if Jason Day can win like six majors, if Dustin Johnson can get himself like four, McElroy and Spieth for the next decade because they're only 24 and 25 can win, you know, like maybe another four or five each because they keep battling each other, lots of runner-up finishes and yeah. stuff. So, which was, yeah. Do you think there's some urgency attached to that? I think they need to sort of capitalize. If, I mean, you can't capitalize on it, right? Yeah. But for the sake of the popularity... If these guys were to sort of fire this up right yeah. now, mm -hmm. so to speak, like I think that's pretty important because if they're yeah. kind of on the back burner for a little while, it's it's fickle because yeah. golf is fickle itself. It's it's, yeah. it's fickle in itself, and also trying to gain new viewers to that sport is yeah, fickle. It's hard, yeah. But I mean, I I guess the interesting thing to me is, I honestly haven't watched a golf tournament in years. Yeah. And I was compelled to watch the last round of the US or of the Open because of what was going on with, with you know I go on Twitter and that's the world we live in now. Yeah. When Tiger, when Tiger was dominating, that you had to watch. Yeah. You know you had to be there on Sunday or yeah. even Saturday or whatever and watch and turn watch into the for TV four hours. Yeah. You know I go on casually go on Twitter and I see all this talk and Spieth, Spieth Eagle Pod uh, Kutcher right there kind of thing and I kind of go you know what. I'll tune in and watch the last little bit. And I think I, the way I look at it is I look at the, the golf thing, the tennis thing, and the baseball thing kind of in the same way as I am personally a, a casual fan. Mm -hmm. And so when some, when I find something drawing me in, that sort of thing makes me think, think maybe there's something here. Maybe yeah. something's happening here. Because I, w I wasn't tuning in to see necessarily Spieth dominate the last five holes. Yeah. I was tuning in to see... Could Kutcher somehow upset Set this him. like crazy thing that was going on? Yes, he had because no... even though he won by three strokes, it really came down to the seventeenth hole. hole. Yeah, it came down to the seventeenth, eighteenth. It was kind of all said and done. Yeah, but it came down to close to the wire. And to yeah. me, like that's why you watch sports. Like, yeah, you the most the most memorable moments, especially I think in, maybe in hockey. Obviously, that's the sport we grew up with. Mm -hmm. Is you remember the overtime wins? Yeah, you remember the the game sevens yeah. because. Those are the ones where it's like the stakes are the closest and the highest. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, the Edmonton Oilers beating the Dallas Stars in 1997. Mm -hmm. Game 7 overtime. Like, yeah. that's one of those things where they were the better team, but there was still that... And that's what people love about hockey is that even though you have a team that can be 20 points ahead of... Finish 20 points ahead of the other team they're playing in the regular season, there's still a chance that... Mm -hmm. there, something could happen. So there is something to be said about that parity. There's something to be said about the competitiveness. Yeah. Well, and that's just it. Like if you have the number one and two players, say on Sunday, battling within each mm -hmm. within a stroke of each other, how compelling would that be to watch? So you have nine holes left or one stroke difference. It's number one and two in the world are battling for a major. Yeah. And like that stays close to the wire the whole time. Yeah. Like that's the, sh that's the stuff you want to watch, right? So I think that is, golf is probably clamoring for that maybe more than domination at this point because we've already seen it, right, with Tiger. But now maybe let's see like a couple guys that can dominate consistently be there every single time, right? Now, don't get me wrong. There's still something you said about domination, dom yes. dominant performances. Like, yeah. you know, you turn on, I, I love this year to turn on, 
turn on a Sunday game and see Aaron Rodgers flirting <laughs> with 600 yards passing or something. <laughs> yeah. right? Like there is, there is some, you know, we talked yeah. about Brett Favre throwing for what was mm-hmm. 300 yards in the first half after his dad died. Yeah. Like four touchdowns. Yeah. Like th- th- those <laughs> there are here and there, you want to see, see domination, them, yeah. but I think over the long haul, you, you want to, you want that sort of competitiveness and yeah. whether it's, cyclical in the sense that it's always it's going to be these three or four teams Mm -hmm. and then their time kind of runs out and then another set of teams like for i mean for all we know once this golden state team breaks up (laughs) yeah they could never be relevant again ever you know like they could look at the knicks for fuck's sake you (laughs) know like they haven't won a title since the 70s right and they really haven't been relevant since patrick Ewing a little bit in the 90s they could never even get to the nba finals because of you know because of who was in his way yeah detroit Pistons, all that kind of stuff yeah yeah you know michael you know michael jordan era yeah and that's the domination thing like we could be talking about phil mickelson with 11 majors he absolutely could tiger was never tiger exists he probably have more yeah yeah so so let's let, yeah. let's wrap that up. Anything else you want to say? Yeah, just one more. I want to say one thing. What the, the argument for Nicholas, Nicholas being oh. the greatest ever? Okay. Top five finishes in majors, fifty six times. Wow. Oh. Runner ups. So he won eighteen majors. Runner ups nineteen times. Wow. <laughs> so thirty seven times he was in the top two of a major. That is wow. absolutely incredible. He almost won another nineteen. <clears throat> that's that one is... spot away. So that's why people always kind of argue his that's consistency. That's whereas like even Tiger doesn't have records. Like and the that. oldest player to win a major as well. And the oldest, yeah. forty six years old. Yeah. yeah. But so. that is, I mean, yeah, that is amazing consistency. Nineteen runner ups after winning fifty six top five finishes though was an insane Same number. Do Four know? year. That's like a le- like twelve years of like. Do you know? have to know what Tiger's is? What his overall is, I actually don't. I oh. think it's like close I'm to curious. like ten or something. Okay. I, I want to say because I know there is like a couple, but it's not like that. Yeah, yeah, nineteen. Wow. Yeah, wow. yeah. But that shows you like yeah, the U.S. Open, how hard the U.S. Open is. Mickelson still has it with six. So yeah. So Nicholas doesn't even have six runner ups. So <laughs> Mickelson's got it. But anyway, just thought I'd throw that yeah, out there. Have to wait like, another year. That's my favorite stat from Nicholas's. Era, that's like amazing. Nineteen runner-ups. That's a record you don't want to have. Uh, un, uh, but it was the guys like Arnold Palmer, Gary Player. Those are the guys that beat Nicholas. Tom Watson. Yeah. So there was in that time period, even though he got eighteen, it's kind of like Federer. There's a lot of guys that have re- a lot of majors. Yeah. A lot. The big list is all from like that seventies, sixties, seventies era. Yeah. So something you just don't really see. Like Tiger Woods is really the only guy on that list of all times from like this decade, like the past two decades. I was yeah, going to say for even the past 30 years. Yeah, almost. honestly. So. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, yeah. actually. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's do a little basketball. Ooh. Kyrie Irving. <laughs> yeah. That, big Kyrie Irving. That one came games. out of nowhere, hey? Yeah. A little bit. So. He's disgruntled. Apparently, yeah. So the, the news is last week he had a meeting with the Cavaliers, told them he's tired of playing LeBron Shadow. Essentially, essentially, really summed he up wants, the want, Cole's notes. Yep, Cole's notes. He's tired. He's uh, he's he wants to lead his own team. Mm-hmm. He's tired of uh, playing next to LeBron. Demands a trade out of Cleveland. Uh, apparently, LeBron is quote unquote hurt and disappointed, or blindsided, blindsided. and disappointed. <laughs> wow, boo hoo, LeBron James. I don't care. Well, he just yeah. knows he's not winning now. Well, and That's so. All. He's so I guess so that's so that's what we're starting. Yeah, he's gone. If they trade Kyrie, he's gone. Yeah. You know what? what LeBron said he won't go. He said not he, this, no, this no, he year. said yeah, he said this year he said I'm not yeah. going this year. No, he so, said this year, not this year, the year after. Yeah, but I know well, he's making thirty three. Yes, yeah. because you know why? Because look, that's LeBron James. And this I'll we'll get into the Kyrie talk. And this is this boils down to the reason why I cannot stand the fucking guy. Because you're the you're the greatest player of your generation, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah. 
but you were the most selfish, self-centered, narcissistic person in fucking sports. And the thing is, he's, you know why he doesn't want to wave his no trade clause? Because he doesn't get to call the fucking shot. Because he doesn't get to do the, the announcement or the decision and have a goddamn TV show to say where he's going. Because he wants to be the guy. See, this is what happens, LeBron James. This is what happens when you try to be the coach and the GM. Is everyone fucking turns against you because you're a narcissistic, self-centered asshole. Well, what about the fact that their front office kind of fell apart? Because of him. I guarantee, I guarantee fucking uh, to you, man. Listen, th there, there's been rumors for years since LeBron came back to the Cavaliers that LeBron has told the coach and the GM what to do. Whether it was Dan Gilbert you know, whether it was, you know, whether it's Tyron Lue, whoever it is that's in there, right? He's the, he's the one who's really kind of the, the, the shadow master calling the shots. Worked pretty well for them though, didn't it? Sure. Yeah. No, for sure. Absolutely. But, but this is the fallout is what I'm saying. Yeah, they're handcuffed. Dan Gilbert goes, you know what? I don't, I, I look like a fucking idiot Yeah, here, this man. is a power struggle right now. Yeah, down I'm out. That's why he yeah. fired David Griffin. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. he wanted to gain control again. Yeah. 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 And that might screw him. Like he might lose the Well, that, that's the thing is, yeah. I think he shot himself in the foot there. I think his best move would have just been to, to just bite his tongue, just deal with it. No, forget it, man. Because the thing but, is. What, who, but who is he in the grand scheme of things? Who is he? He's, there's no he's, legacy for him. Who's he the guy? He's the guy paying the luxury tax because LeBron wants his players on this team. Yeah, sure, fine. So we can win. Yeah, LeBron, this is the but thing. But does it, it he has no. to decide what he wants. Does he want to win or does he just want to hang out and have a team that doesn't have a chance? They've won a championship. I know, but I'm saying. So yeah. then, so you just continue to be in the mix. Now they're fucked. No, they are screwed. Like forever. Like, for, but, like it's over now. But, like they're never going to win anything again. But it's over. I don't, I don't necessarily think that the Cavaliers are like are going to be squandered into obscurity. Because the thing is, is, like, yeah, the last time LeBron left, they got Kyrie, they, mm -hmm. you know, and they got, they had Andrew Wiggins. Yep. You know, like, anyway, the, the point I'm trying to make is, like, this is the thing, and, you know, I, there is there is a feeling that the league is, is turning on LeBron James now at this point in his career. Mm -hmm. You know, Jamal Crawford said, I don't want to play for them. Yeah. I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want to play for, for mm -hmm. the Cavaliers. And now, there, now there's another guy saying, listen, sure, I, Kyrie's saying, I probably have a good chance of getting to the final, a really good chance of going to the final playing against you, but I don't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's an ego thing. And maybe it, it's a little bit of one for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. They all have egos though. But I think, everyone does. But yeah. I definitely, but I definitely yeah. think there is something when you see what's happening mm -hmm. with the Cavaliers, with the dissolution, as you yeah. talked about, the dissolution of the Cavaliers front office. And everything else going on around, like they've been trying to trade Kevin Love for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, like there's something going on there yeah. that I think LeBron sort of has that like Jim Harbaugh sort of syndrome. Yeah. Do you have where he he burn he burns you out after a while? You don't want to play. You want to be. Yeah. You don't want to be around personalities like that. Do you think that like sort of like because LeBron always wants to exert that control in terms of like signing one year deals, two year deals, that control that he mm -hmm. wants to have? Do you think that plays a big factor into what's going on now too is that like Kyrie's like why do I want to be here I don't know if he's going to be here past next absolutely. year absolutely yeah absolutely and you know because if I'm Kyrie I'm, I'm thinking the same thing I just signed five years no I so have that's the thing Kyrie signed his contract Kyrie's on the same contract he was on before LeBron came back to there. Cleveland yes right before so Kyrie so ever since LeBron's been around has never yeah ever committed past that yeah no he's got the five years and then LeBron came back that exact year yes. so he has three years off that deal yes so he still has two more Yes. But he was thinking, I think he's partially thinking, I don't is LeBron going or staying? But, and if he is gonna just go, why do I want to be just in Cleveland? One, one thing real quick. Yeah, why, why, but why would, live there. No, but why would he commit past that when he has a contract anyway? 
when he's got several years left, he wouldn't commit past. That's yeah, that's what they do in the NBA, though. But I mean, because you send the super max. Oh, John Wall okay, fair enough. Yeah, John that's true. Yeah, 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 just yeah, it's four true. years, one hundred seventy million. Yeah. yeah. To waste all his good years there. Good good call. That's not true at all because if Cleveland falls apart, Washington's a contender. All of a sudden, the Raptors, Washington, and Boston are sitting there like, thank you. We absolutely can make the finals. Absolutely. Any one of those three teams. But no. So, no, to go back to what you're talking about, about LeBron saying, I'm not going to waive my no trade clause. Of mm-hmm. course he's not. He's not mm-hmm. going to do anything to help this team out because he doesn't give a shit about the Cavaliers. No. He doesn't give a shit about Cleveland. No, because he feels. And he can say, in, hold in, on. Injury, yeah. He can say he does. He can say, I want yeah. to come home and win a title for my hometown. No, no he didn't. He wanted to pad his legacy. Yeah. And I've thought that's, that about LeBron James ever since he made the decision to come back home. It's yeah. like, no, you were a villain in Miami. And you were tired of being the villain and you wanted to make more money, which is great, whatever. Yeah. You, you know, you better sponsorship when you're the good guy. What People are going to buy your jerseys more. They're going to buy your shoes, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. Yeah. You know, he wants to he wants to have this production company out in L.A. and people are going to yeah. pay pay for his movies or whatever. I don't mm-hmm. care. I get that. You, you're, you're, he's making a tactical business move. That's fine. But don't don't tell mm-hmm. me it's it, it's it's a genuine feeling yeah. of wanting to win for your hometown. No, but, I think I, no, I think for the city itself, Nick, he does feel uh, it. But if it's no, he honest, does because he does have a big. If he, I you know from everything I've ever read about LeBron, there is a very strong connection to Cleveland. The the organization itself, absolutely not. No. he hates Dan Gilbert. Absolutely, and he wants down. to spend his money. Yes, and then gets mad when Dan Gilbert doesn't want to spend twenty yeah, million no, dollars. Sure. luxury. And so I think to the organization itself. He absolutely can't stand I, it. Yeah. And so partially that's why he's exerting this control because sure. he wants to have that power struggle. Like to, a big fuck you to Dan Gilbert. I own you essentially. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and for sure. But I this, do and think... The, you, and this and this 100% stems back from the, the I own you, you own me comment. Yes. When LeBron left the first When he place. left. And then Dan, Dan Gilbert said we will win a title before... Him and LeBron basically stuck it to him by saying, no, I want it for you. And, and you know what? And That's a whole lot of dynamic. And people will make the argument that's a total genuine argument and total yeah. fair argument that in a league where, and let's be honest, black players are the employees and white owners are the employers. Yes. And so people will say, good on LeBron yeah. for turning the tide and turning flipping it around. Because he really is the first guy to do it. And that's fine. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I'm saying don't sit there and try to act like you're doing this in a way that's... Yeah. Not what it actually like own is. It. But it's own, it's own, it. Own, it. own it more. If you own say, it more. If I'm you like, say yeah, I'm it's a tactical myself. move for business, a business move, he can't own it, then it loses that. If yeah. he says, I'm coming back to fucking, sm- like, to sock it to you, <laughs> then it ceases to be a tactical move. Because yeah. no one's going to buy his jersey, then they're going to... Well, no, like, who wants to buy a jersey of fucking Gordon Gecko on the back? I don't, like, I don't mean it in that way. I don't, mean, yeah. I don't mean, like, I'm coming back I to... Know, I know not to say that, but how else could he frame it? Yeah. How I else just, could he frame I just think it? that like, if you're a guy who claims to love the city as much as you yeah. do. And I do think he does. Like, I really do. Well then, I, well, then if they want to trade you, then have some assets go back there. You're going out to the West yeah, and anyway. That, and that would, be, that would be a good argument for... You're going out to the West anyway. Yeah. It's not like you're going to be competing yeah. against the... And that would be a good argument for surprised. That's why I was surprised for him to say he wouldn't yeah. go because... I'll admit me, that's a good argument to yeah, waive I, it. I, I agree. Like, I, he should waive mm. it because he knows now this year they're not winning. They weren't going to win He won't look bad by... No, actually, ironically, he, he might look he better by look denying good. it a couple times, being like, "No, I didn't wave it." And then he'll and do then, it. And then, and then it. he'll do it. You know that they were talking about like tactical moves because right? he can say what looks, you know, well, this is better for the team, better for the city. But you remember the backlash? Could be all part the of that. Backlash years ago when Matt Sundin refused to wave his no trade for the yeah. Leafs. Mm-hmm. They and I they think turned on him quick because because I don't get it. And there's there's so we could talk for hours about this about like you know players are still 
people. Yeah. And you know, when especially when you get to a certain age, you've entrenched yourself in a city and you know, you feel like you've you've mm -hmm. paid your dues to that team and to that city yeah. and you want to call your own shots. But don't the thing I can't stand is don't sit there and tell me you're gonna bleed for the crest, mm -hmm. and then when the chips are down and your team asks you to do them a favor and you go, well, no, it's not my interest. Yeah. So like just, and that's kind of what Neil said, just own it a little bit. I know yeah. it's hard when you're not there and you, you don't mm -hmm. want backlash from the fans. Yeah, and he's obviously built up his brand now to mm -hmm. the point that it is probably higher than it's ever been. Oh yeah. So, okay, anyway, let's, We'll, we'll move on to LeBron. This is supposed to be about Kyrie. But it, but it Isn't does that how it's LeBron? been for Kyrie, but, man? Yeah. And we're doing hey, it we're just saying, yeah, poor Kyrie. Oh, yeah, exactly. He's, His shadow gets... Yeah. It's a big it's, one. It's a huge shadow. Is it a good move for Kyrie to do this? No, it's not. Ask Kyrie how it was before LeBron got there. Honestly, they won 20 games a year. They averaged no, 22 games a year. but he doesn't want to be there. No, but they averaged 22 games a year before LeBron got into Cleveland as a Cavalier. And if he goes to a team like the Knicks on his list, it's going to be the same goddamn thing. Yeah, it could be so worse. We have, we have the Knicks, we have the Heat, we have the, the Timberwolves, Timberwolves, and the Spurs. And the Spurs. The Spurs made me Spurs laugh. Spurs? What? what? Kawhi Leonard, but anyway, anyway, that would actually be a dirty, dirty team. That'd be interesting. That. Timberwolves would be yeah. fun, wouldn't it? Timberwolves would be a would lot be a of fun. Are you kidding me? Jimmy Butler, Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, and Kyrie Irving on the same Goddamn starting five. If Wiggins plays defense this year, watch out. Yeah, man. So, hey, I mean, that would be it just, fun. The, the thing is, though, impossible. when you make that trade, what goes back the other well, way, right? And then, so wherever he goes to, Oof. they, they kind of have to gut the team to get well, him. He's a 25-year-old point guard. That's a four-time All-Star. Yeah. Yeah. So like, How are you going to... And he scores, like, he's one of the hardest guys to defend. And Probably the best the best yeah, handles. Avery Bradley said yeah. he was the hardest person to defend so, in the NBA, and it's not even close. So wherever he ends up, you got to gut the team to get him. Yeah. Or you, or if you don't, well, how do you do that? You sell if you're every other team, you have the leverage because you know he wants out. Well, you, so exactly. how are you gonna you but gonna even, But it's crazy because even with that leverage, he's still worth so much. Yeah. You're gonna have to give up off. Uh, give this up goes back to Nick's theory. This is like when you're the GM, you just mm. like take the shitty offer because you gotta just show so them. Like actually, you can take a shitty I've offer never talked and then you try and fleece somebody who lets down the road. I've never talked about this in the podcast, so oh. I, I'm gonna I'll, okay. bring, I'll bring that That's up. That's right. My yeah, my my GM theory. That's right. My GM trade. Forgot about this. This is behind closed doors yes. Yes. so here's so here's the theory my theory is and this and this this all relates to uh to to the celtics yes right? danny ainge because danny ainge is known for fleecing teams all the time in trades so now no one will trade with him but he's a bad drafter yeah and so a lot he, he hasn't had a good history of drafting so a lot of people think the whole trading of the draft pick this year was him to sort of circumvent the fact that people don't want to trade with him anymore. <laughs> so here's the whole thing. Here's, here's my theory. Danny Ainge is such a good trader. He always wins trades. So when you're the other 29 executives, whether you're in the NBA, the NHL, whatever, I think this works for, for all sports. Yeah. All leagues. Yeah. When you see a GM who's constantly winning trades <laughs> and constantly, you know, making other GMs look stupid, you're not going to want to trade with that guy anymore. <laughs> you're not going to be one of the guys who gets, you want to be the next guy who gets fleeced by, by Danny Ainge. Yeah. So Danny Ainge's next move, his strategic move is, I got to kind of... Bomb a trade? I got to bomb a trade. <laughs> because if I keep winning trades, I'll never be able to make one again. Yeah. So I got to bomb one or two here yeah. and there to, to kind of put the doubt in people's minds that maybe I'm not as to savvy as I thought to I was. To piggyback off that one, if you're Ken Holland, you've drafted just... 
Yeah. Amazing. Unbelievable Amazing. for 20 Amazing. years. Well. Nobody wants to trade with you. If you want that guy, well, that guy must be special. If, yeah. Ken, Hall, if Ken Hall yeah. wants him, yeah. right? It almost like works in reverse that way. Yeah. Like you draft too well yeah. and you want a guy from another team. Like, well, why do you want him? Yeah. Right? Maybe yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> We're just hanging on to that guy. And so this and, and then this, and then this in turn relates to how I view Garth Snow. Because I have no fucking clue what that guy's ever Nobody, doing. Nobody. Nobody does. Because Nobody half does. the time he makes these trades and signings, I'm like, man, that was, that was brilliant. And then the other half, I'm like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Yeah. And I think that's what he's doing. Now, don't forget, this guy literally went from Back sitting on the going. bench to the front office. Yeah, about a half hour. In about a half hour, and he still has a job 10 years later. So, I mean, that's pretty impressive. That's pretty really good. In fact, his first move was signing the guy who took his job to a 15-year contract in Rick DiPietro. Yeah, Brutal so. contract, though. Proved to be terrible. Would have been good had he been healthy. Good. Potentially. 4.75 for a starting goalie would have been fucking if, steal. If he would have still been a starting goalie. And yet, and yet, here we are. How long are players signing contracts for now? Well, only eight. Team, but teams are are before that though. You oh, had yeah. Shea Weber's, your Chris yep, Pronger's, yep, yep. your yep. your Marion Hosses. Garth Snow started that run. <laughs> yep. He started the leverage in the team's favors to lock them up for terms. Darn. Yeah. Cole, what happened? Well, Yashin wasn't Yashin before that. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah, was the first one, but nobody really. I feel did like right somehow had a hand in that one too. Just you know, just because. he would just drop and yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, while well, he was Mike still Milbury, playing, right? Uh, yeah, yeah might have been, but like so. Yashin was on the Islanders with yeah. that contract. But again, I mean, that's what I'm thinking. You know, again, was, that, but that was, was like, hey, I'm gonna that was not a good contract. Because the interesting yeah. thing about all these super long terms that they don't allow anymore, most of them, for the most part, have proven to be not very good. Colchuk's my favorite one. Yeah, seventeen years. Yeah, like get what? get out, <laughs> what? get get right okay. out. Come on. Um, so yeah, for thirteen years. The last the thing I'll it say. Was huge. Yeah. Can Kyrie go somewhere? And make somebody a contender is what I have on here. No. Yes. If, if, it depends. What <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, well, because his talent alone can make a team better. Yeah. But it's like you guys said. In order to get him, you got to. Got you. Got to gut your assets. I think. I think the NBA isn't afraid to do. No, they do gut. They do it. I think you got. If you're. If you have a chance, to get them. I feel Morgan, like for some reason Houston's gonna be like. You know what? Let's just add four points. Well, Houston's looking at Melo apparently. That's, I know. That's, that would be massive. That, that would. Melo, Harden, and Paul on one team would be an all-star. Carmelo team. Anthony, to me, is a guy I feel so fucking bad, bad for. Him. Even though everybody he, does, he made mistakes. He should never resign with the Knicks. He sure, go, but look at gone. it. Look at it now, though. But like the guy, he's you know such a. Uh, all-star scorer for the for Team USA. The guy had you know prolific four, college four career. Four gold medals. Yeah. Prolific college career. Just I want I want the. He's an NCAA champ at that yeah, exactly. for Syracuse. Yeah. You know old the old man with the last run. The Raymond Borg. Just put him on a team somewhere. And Let him yeah, win one. Okay. Um, we're running long, so let's go right to open floor. Nice. Do you oh, want wow. to talk baseball? Yeah. You know what? I'll, I got a couple baseball things for open floor. A couple of fun little stats. Okay. But I. I'll quickly say about the Jays. Last week I said they finished with a better record than the Rays. Then they went and just had a terrible road trip. Went three and seven on the on the ten gamer. They were just on their home for the next ten. Doesn't matter. Uh, you know they're a bad team. Uh, you know they're actually they happen to be winning right now by one run against the Athletics, but they'll lose tonight. So they will finish last in the division this year. Uh, I'm just gonna put that out there. But, okay. Mark it down. What's the date? Uh, July the date 24th? July twenty fourth. They're, they're <laughs> yeah. July twenty fourth, six forty. PM yeah. Mountain Standard Time. Yeah, yes. they'll finish last. It's yeah. it's gonna happen. I like the Mountain Standard. So um, just this stat. Now this is weird because Mariano Rivera. He hasn't played in several years. Okay. Obviously, a closer stat. A closer stat. Um. And now I thought this was interesting. I was looking at a, a different pitcher, and this isn't important. Looking at pitch usage, things like that, and then I stumbled upon Mariano Rivera. This is what I do with my Friday nights. Um, <laughs> he had two pitches. Yeah. So well, really, he one. had one, and that's he what I was cutter. gonna say. 
He threw his cutter, once he was a closer, yeah. he threw his cutter 99% of the yes. time. Yes, yes. 99% wow. of the time. And is, and is the best closer no one could yes. ever of all time. And so, they break bats and stuff. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah it was, Chipper Infamous. Jones called it a buzzsaw. Yeah. Uh, apparently in 2001, he broke 44 bats. Yeah. It was Which like famous for crazy bats. Yeah. But so my favorite quote about it, about his cutter. What, sorry, hold on. What about this pitch breaks bats? It's, it runs in on the hands, so oh. it hits like close to your hands on the bat, just breaks. And your for bat. a righty, that was weird because that means it moved left to right a lot of time. Oh. Right hand. So hitters. yeah. So it was. So anyway, for Mike Sweeney, former MLB player, he said, "You know what's coming, but you know what's coming in horror movies too. It still gets you." Huh. Now, I like that. I like that. I like that. Very so interesting. you yeah. know, I mean. Players just waxing poetic about it. Like David Ortiz, you know, his cutter was the single best pitch I've ever seen. Jim Tomei called it the, the single best pitch ever in the game. Ever. And I'd have to agree. 652 wow. career saves. Only one other guy has over 600. Yeah, which is from the Brewers, mainly. He finished with the Brewers. Brewers. He was mainly with the Padres. Padres. Um, hold on. Let me figure it out. I'll, I'll give you a sec. Um, oh, my goodness. Can I, I know what it is. Trevor Hoffman. Thank you. 601. So <laughs> those are, Hoffman, those are like, the oh. only two guys who have more yes. than 500. Um, and they have more than 600. No one's ever going to come close to that. Wow. Uh, that kind of longevity in a closer is just is really well, impressive. Well, sooner it has to start now and then just never and just, stop. Yeah, and just keep going <laughs> Honestly, forever. You just have to that's, do it every year. That's, yeah. that's all it takes. Since he's 21, you'd have to do 30 yeah, saves just, for the next... just have to keep going. 20 years. Think about that. Yeah. You have to do 30 saves a year for 20 years that's 600. Well, what you really need is a couple, like, 50 saves saves, seasons yeah. in but there. But just on, like, an average. But yeah. Yeah, that would be crazy, and that's why it's not going to happen because <laughs> they just don't do it now. Okay. It just doesn't happen that way. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, I'll just I'll leave it with that for for today. Sort all you Jays fans who are still holding out hope, but I'm pretty sure uh, th this next stretch where we lose another eight out of ten will probably put all your hope to bed. Okay, for the right. year. Sweet, Neil. So we were talking about like lots of kids before the show. <laughs> we whoa, were, whoa, whoa, okay, hold on. Yeah. We won't, we won't Re reframe no, no, the way you just said no, that. We won't, we won't give any back history. I just like to start it like that because oh. I think it's funny. <laughs> and so I and was actually... we're all on watch list. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I was just actually... like that. I was actually texting back and forth today and I, I stumbled upon an article about uh, Antonio Cromartie, my favorite NFL player. Is he? Well, just because of the stat. I love stat. this. Oh, okay. I love this. You know the stat? I know this. Okay. Yeah, so it. he's my man, okay? Man gets a vasectomy. Whoa. Still has three children. After. <laughs> Medical Marvel, dude, his, sue that doctor. No, his, <laughs> his, seed, his seed is very powerful. Jesus Christ. So Nick, overall, he has thirteen, fourteen total. Oh, good guess. Eight, eight kids with seven different women <laughs> in six different states. What? <laughs> Plus five with his current wife. So four uh, biological and one. Uh, stepchild, so 14 total that he's raising. It's, it's amazing. Wow. So that's why and you guys three of get paid. A set of twins and one more after a vasectomy. Give me, give me a break. How? Dude. The dude is just meant to reproduce. It's so amazing. You, so you said, you said seven different women? So for his first eight kids, we're with seven, seven different so women. So how many in total now? Total, he's got 13 of his own and then one stepchild with his current wife. So no, I, no, no, no. How many, how many different it's women? Nine, is it it's nine. No, it's seven women or Oh, it's seven. Oh, I thought there was, okay. Yeah, it was nine children with seven women oh, because he had multiples oh, okay, with, okay, with see, his see, wife I see, now. I, see, I wonder yeah. if he gave any of them uh, fruit baskets. No, I Child don't. support? <laughs> his child I support. <laughs> Nick, my favorite story of this whole thing is he had to get a uh, upfront payment from the Jets. For his child support oh to pay off God. his child support. Well, of course. Because it's he huge. has probably six digits. 
No, it is. Oh, it's yeah. a $500,000 a year. What? Child support. What's he going to do when, he's, when he retires? <laughs> he's already, he is. He's a free agent right now. What are you no, but do? like, but what's he, like, when he's really done, done, like, what, what do, do you do? You, yeah. you know, you ever heard the phrase, but like, I just love him. He gets a vasectomy and he still has three still, more. But like, where they Twins say, no less. Come yeah, on. Guy, yeah. guy walks into room and his dick's already been there for five minutes. <laughs> that's, that's, him. that's it. That's it. Yeah. That's so just right. an amazing stat. And with 13 biological children. Come on, it's like a, with seven different women. He's an Egyptian pharaoh. If you guys guy. wanna, in six different states, that's want, my favorite one. Want to talk to us about uh, <sighs> the philandering of athletes? Yeah. You can email us your favorite stories. No shortage. Read us at. Oh, by the way, no emails again this week, guys. Oh, what? I know the people, boys are getting people. people next are, week we'll talk about the Minnesota Vikings sex boat. Yes, that's a great one. Yes. See, there we go. Running through go. the Oprah pad. Yes. And if you, if you have something to say about it, then email us at otbcast at gmail.com. That's otb. C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Send us anything. We want to talk about anything. We'll talk about anything. We still got one piece of swag to give out. We do. Come on, guys. Just send us anything. Quick shout out to the Evans Eskimos 4-0. Oh, Adam's going amazing! This yeah, I mean, I go to every home game now. Apparently, diehard fans, so they they'll yep. never lose again. Yeah, follow us uh, on Twitter at Off the Bench Cast. And like and follow and share our Facebook and Podbean pages. Download the free Podbean app. On iOS or Android, listen to us on the go. Download us. And uh, with that, that concludes this week's episode, boys. That's a wrap. We're back on the bench until next week. I'm glad Antonio could bring us home. All right. <laughs> and just to, um, in honor of Derek Jeter, I think we've got something to say as we close it out. Yeah, Jeets. Yeah, Jeets. Yeah, Jeets. Yeah, Jeets. Yeah, 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 yeah